Gentlemen, what's going on? This week we have our roundtable session number two, where Brotherhood members bring a topic to the table, we hash it out, and then we go over it. This week, here's our topics for the roundtable. Hiring process of companies, curveballs that are thrown at you, how do you push through the struggles, how do you explain the Brotherhood, who is more important, the pitcher or the catcher, my favorite topic there, and what's one thing you would change about education system. Here we go, right now. What's up, everybody? My name is Clay Smeltzer, and this is the Purpose Infused Men's Podcast, bringing men together to rebuild masculinity with heart and purpose, helping men blossom where they're planted and live a more purposeful life so that they can make a lasting impact now and in the future on those they love the most. Listen, I want all men to live from their heart, live from their truest self, not from what society, others, and the world said you should be, but who you know you are. I want you to own yourself, love your story, and live with purpose every single day. So let's have the conversations that men need to be having, and let's start that now. What's up, everybody? We are back for our second round of the roundtable discussion. So again, what the roundtable discussion is, is we have Brotherhood members here tonight. We're going to bring up any topic that we want to talk about. Uh, nobody knows what the topics are. We all have our own topics. We're going to bring it up. We're going to hash it out. And then uh, we're going to see what comes from there. And one of the reasons why we're doing this is because there's a whole bunch of different topics that that we want to make sure that we hit or that are on our minds. And whether it's in going on in society, whether it's going on in your personal life, whether it's going on with your family or just you had some weird ass question you wanted to ask too. That's cool too. But uh, we're going to do that here today, and we are going to start with Mr. David Watson for the first question coming to you. Listen, you, you, you're you're like the kid in class not paying attention, so I called on you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Look at John. John, David gets the red sticker now. You get the you're on yellow. You're on yellow now, John. All but anyways, right. David, All right. what's your topic? Uh, my topic, uh, my topic is. Uh, I didn't do the assignment. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> don't get your homework. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, those little, dog ate my those little Lego no. men came down and stole it. Yeah, they, they stole it. Yeah, no. Um, so something that's been it's been like really kind of bothering me re- recently um, in um, in job hunting and stuff like that um, has to do with uh, personal privacy and uh companies uh like recruiters requesting like the last four of his social security number Mm. and uh i posted something on linkedin about it um and you know most people are like oh you shouldn't do that yet in the last week uh i've had four different recruiters asking asking for it Mm. and so a lot of it is uh is when you're in a position that you're looking for a job and you're and you're out of work and you feel pressured to do that are you you know uh, is it potentially putting myself even at further risk yeah. of cyber of a of fraud and stuff like that um and having to you know weigh the the risk versus potential reward yeah. uh, and it's been it's been really it's been bothering me um and what i've done is i've done i've done my research on the company and also the client that they're potentially you know putting me in front of and um and so a lot of my, um, 
and and like that's how I've determined whether or not they are I I want to I I will actually go down there it's like if they have a reputation if I can if I can see that yeah. um they're actually been around for a while and they have a good reputation and that sort of thing but it, it's it's just kind of it, the whole what is happening in recruiting in this country there is there's lack of empathy there's a lack of communication um and a lot of it is the a lot of it is these contractor contract companies that ha- hire people that are like in India and other other you know countries that utilize US phone numbers to to like call you and and they're basically trying to put your name forward and they say oh we have this client and you know this is one of our clients but you know is it really one of their clients is it really it, it's just there's a lot of, there's a lot of confusion around um the recruiting process and um it it feels like you're already at a disadvantage. You're already in a in a you know position of 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 stress because of of you know not being out of work, and then having to spend all this extra time when it's something I like. I don't have a problem. Get me an interview. Get me a get me a uh, get me a uh, an offer letter. I'm yeah. happy to give it to you then. But um, so it's just the the whole recruiting process is what I'm I'm kind of griping yeah. and, and and sort of dealing with. Yeah, I hear. Any, what's people got on that? I don't I don't have much experience with that. Um, hey, David, what would it be out of line to ask the recruiter or the company like what they need that for and how they're going to utilize that? Yeah. So um, what I've found, and I have. And uh, one of the things is I've found it especially it's especially common for banking institutions to request it. And I've had recruiters give me a screenshot of a portal that they're signing into and to put a candidate forward. It's requesting um, them putting in a four digit, giving your, your date of birth, uh, not not with a year, but just your day and, and month. And and then they're that uh, your last four of your Social Security. And I've I've even often said, look. I can give you a four digit number that I would use as unique number only for this process, but I don't want to give you a social security number. And then what I've been told is that, that they cross reference that if I've applied for, if you've applied for other positions that the company will cross reference it. And then when they go to, if they were to offer you a letter, they cross reference it at that point as well to see if what you had presented is accurate to what their findings are in a uh-huh. background check. So it just, it seems, it's, it seems like it's a lot of, it's like fair-based hiring, which is one of the other practices that I'm seeing a lot of businesses are like, they want you to put together project plans. They want you to, you know, I've spent hours doing project plans for people and, uh, I've, and then, you know, presented. And for some reason, you know, they, they give you very little information about what it is that they want. And they want to see if you rise to the occasion or that, that you hit what it is that they need instead of yeah. telling you what it is that you would need, which you, when you're actually working in a job and someone says, this is what I need from you. And then you, you don't give them the complete opposite, <laughs> you know, like it, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And then on top of that, to do all that, I've had several occasions where I've done that and I get uh, what I, I will, I will contact them and I don't hear anything back or even worse than that is to receive a generic rejection email saying, thanks, but we're no longer considering you for candidacy. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's super unprofessional, especially when you've asked somebody to go that far 
and to yeah. do that much work yeah. that I'm not getting paid for that. You're not paying me to do that. My resume speaks for itself. Uh, my years of experience speak for itself. Um, and so there's, there's this also, I don't know if it is that the hiring managers are influencing are, are sort of influencing the recruiting process um, with that, because that's, that's actually more on the hiring, the hiring practices of the particular company yeah. than the recruiter. But it, it coincides with this, this sort of, we need to find out and shake out and make sure you're not lying to us. Yeah. I, I think, a, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's coming think, from a place of expecting dishonesty yeah. or having to weed out dishonesty. And, you know, I, was, I don't know. It's, that's what, no, that's where I was. I was thinking about, as you were talking about it and describing what, what that process is and stuff like that, it's kind of like, you know, they're trying to like, a lot of people when I think in employment feel like the company is like, Hey, you're, you're trying to like, you're out to get me, you know what I mean? Or like, you're trying to find something on me. Um, you know, when teachers are like, I'm a teacher. So in, in teacher evaluations, stuff like that, they're always like, Oh, the principal's trying to find something about, you know, find something out about me there. I think a lot of times, and this is the difference between leadership and management. In leadership, you're giving power to the person that is there. In management, you're trying to figure out whether they're going to get the number done for you or not. They're a number to you. I just actually talked about this about with, with somebody today, a couple of different people actually. This difference between when either you're when you're an employee, letting that knowing that the company you work for actually gives a shit about you that you're not a number to them or you're not a dollar sign to them. And I think that's where our hiring practices are right now. I think it's a lot about just a dollar sign, you know, whether you can make them the dollar or not. Uh, and it's not really about caring about people. It's really just caring about the bottom line. And I think, yeah, the bottom line is important, obviously, because I mean, you're a business. If you don't have money, you're not, you're out. But I think that's one of the things that as you're talking, as the conversations I had today with some people on social media and stuff like that with the question I asked, um, in that career aspect. I think that's one of the big things that I see from your question here. Uh, Toby, what are, you, what are you seeing out there with, with that? And then we'll go to um, Steve, and then we'll go to John, and then we'll jump into the next, next yeah, question. Yeah, real, real quick. Um, yeah, I mean, the problem is it depends on, depends on where you're hiring. HR, when you look at a, the HR as a subset of, of employment in America, I mean, a lot of companies, HR is almost like a a parasite entity onto the company, Ooh. you know, where it is internal, but they usually have their own set of rules, their own like hidden agendas. Um, you know, HR is looked at as the the mean babysitter, I think lots of times <laughs> for companies, you know, because they, all, they, they only swoop into hire and they only swoop into discipline, you know, when something happens. And nowadays with the culture, the way it is, they have to be very, on point and politically correct yeah. all the time. And they have to change with that as a, as a, the politically correct landscape changes. Uh, for instance, with teachers, yes, you all have your, your, your um, clearances and all that stuff. You got to do all that for, 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 you know, for child abuse clearances and everything else. I have to do the same, even just being with the fire company I'm with, I have to pass the PF, uh, the, the child abuse preventions, all that stuff. But I understand like, as if it's in part of your employment, you're going into it already as a suspect, yeah. you know, and, and that's what a lot of that is, you know, they, you're almost like guilty until proven innocent at that point. Ooh. And when you're going through hiring, that's a difficult time. Anyhow, especially David can attest to this. It's you're on pins and needles, whether or no you're going to impress, you got to get the job, 
it's like a first date every time you go in and, and do it. Well, that person's already pissed off at you. So you got to win them over even more. When HR has a weird, uh, I don't know, distract, just, just uh, connected culture within a company. And I think lots of times the hierarchy can, they have a lot of power and like sometimes they, they overwield it. I think instead of just trusting people to start with, um, you're already going in as a potential employee as a, at a disadvantage when you're meeting with HR and stuff. So, yeah, some companies are good with that. Um, some aren't, but uh, I mean, they have to be. When you look at different uh, different sections of, of uh, skilled skilled workers and stuff, I can imagine where they have to be that way and have to be cut for it. Like warehouse jobs where there's a high turnover, you have and that's why they, they do a lot of agency work anymore. They'll get, they'll, the agency will do all the work and then they'll just say, call up and say, hey, we need 30 people today. And then they'll yeah. send a busload of people where the agency takes care of all that, you know, and there's money in it. I mean, that's the thing. There's, there's money in it. There's not much, but um, it's a different subculture. That's, yeah, uh, that's I all. totally agree. Steve, what's your thoughts, man? What are my thoughts? Well, I just got fired today. So, uh, well, sorry to hear I'm that. On church. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with it. Cause, uh, I had one of these Karens that uh, didn't like one of my jokes and I was actually telling her husband and she ever heard it and she called corporate, emailed him just through a shit fit. And, you know, I've never had any, uh, really bad reviews or anything. I have nothing but positive reviews on my Yelp and all that. So, but my manager's a real prick and he's, he's not a bar. He's not a bar person. He was, he was a sous chef and now he's a general manager and he, He's trying to change the culture of the bar and he was, I guess he's trying to get rid of, he's already gotten rid of a couple other people. So I guess I was just waiting for that. But um, um, the culture out there yeah, today in this today's world is very crazy because you got to be so politically correct. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny. I've gotten some of my guests who I have relationships with have been like texting me and calling me like, what the fuck is going on? What the hell? <laughs> But I'm not worried. I'm actually I'm kind of happy, man, because I needed a break. I want to I want to kind of kick back and just reevaluate and see what yeah. I want to do. I can I mean I can go on and get some private parties if I need, really need to cash. Most of the time, I mean I'm using a lot of this money for traveling, my fun money, and my yeah. business. So I think it's a good kick in the ass in a way where I can just kind of focus on my coaching yeah. and uh, selling the nutritional products that I have. So I'm kind of, I kind of, I'm kind of excited really, but um, if you can get out there, I think with the mentality, David, of, you know what, I'm going to see if I like this company. I'm going to see if I I want to be a part of this company. I want to see this culture is good for me. If you kind of look at it that way, instead of let them judge you, judge them and see if they're the right fit for you. I mean, I know it's hard being unemployed or whatever, but I mean, you can make money online doing your computer services. You know what I'm saying? You can set yourself up little LLC and start something with that as well. But if that's what you uh, want to do, but I, I just think you kind of take it by the balls and say, if, if this is the type of people I want to work for, this is the kind of culture I'm in. I mean, it's just so crazy out there now. I'm, yeah. I'm, I got so many people that uh, it, I told the, the manager too, I said, too, you're going to lose money, man. Cause I, I, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I do bring a lot of people in there for repeat business and they specifically tell me they come back there to see me. I got this lady came from California uh, just yesterday to come see me because, uh, you know, she, she moved out there and she was visiting. She said, Steve, I had to come up here and see you because I've known her for like seven or eight years. But I think for um, for your problem, David, I, 
I'm not really sure. I mean, I got to get back out there, you know, search it and just feel it out. But I haven't been out there so long. But it's uh, it, it, I think you got to play more to your advantage as well as you want to see what's out there for you and if it works for you, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. I think that's good in that hiring process too, is that a lot of people think and not let's say David, I think you are doing that is, is saying, Hey, if it's not fit, it's not fit. Um, but I think one of the things is, is as people are listening to this, if you are in a hiring process, like you are also interviewing them. Yep. You know, and I think that's, that's a, it's a two way street there. So John, the, that hiring process of companies and stuff like that, the personal thing, what, what kind of thoughts have you got? And then we're going to go, um, we're going to go to Steve, your topic after John gets done here. You know, I guess, you know, I've done construction and freaking, you know, roofing and all these kind of physical labor kind of jobs. I've never been such corporate and stuff like that. In fact, a few of those jobs I applied for, I never even got them. I'm like, well, piss off. I'm like, I know I can come <laughs> work for every one of you idiots in there anyway. So like, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's, but they're just a different breed. And so to me, I, 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 I get where they say where, you know, the HR, they got all the, you know, but I think part of it is they could kind of tell even from an application or from whatever, I guess maybe that I wasn't just that fall in line and do, do what they want you to do every day yeah. for the thing every day for the rest of your life. Kind of, I could never swallow that mentality. I always hated that. Talk. It was like, yeah, that's always kind of the beauty of doing construction and roofing and whatever. I mean, you go there, you bust your ass, you do your thing and you, you go home, you know what I mean? And it's, uh, you know, that that's for different levels and going for different positions. I mean, it's definitely a, a different mindset. And I think that I, I agree with what Steve said and everybody else is like, yeah, they, 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 there is jobs out there and make sure that it's for you and what you want. You know what I mean, don't let that be in the driver's seat. You know I mean? I know it sucks. And like I said, I quit my job and freaking still, uh, in process of doing some other things and getting things lined up. So, and I quit it because I didn't feel like it was right. I mean, it was like, I was just working for a paycheck every week and I didn't want to do that. Anymore. You know what I mean? I didn't want to be that field guy just busting my ass out there every day. So I'm out. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Awesome. Steve, what topic you got laid out there for us? Well, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, getting fired today. I mean, this is a total surprise to me this morning and just things like curveballs that are thrown at you out Ooh. of the blue. Nice. I never expected this, and uh, I feel good. It's crazy. I mean, that I'm making bank in that money. I'm making – if I work full-time, I could make well over 100 k And I do it because I love it. I got a great, you know, uh, rep, uh, rapport with my, my guest. Um, but um, I think this, to me, is just, you know, look for the silver linings. And, I mean, this yeah. – I was talking to a buddy of mine uh, – Today, I said, you know, because we used to work together there and he started his own little food prep business and like little food trucks type of thing. And he loves it. And he called me a couple of weeks ago. And it was like down and out because things weren't going well. And I just said, well, Lou, just do what you did that work for you before, man. You got to keep after you got to keep pushing yourself out there. Whatever marketing you were doing was working in the beginning. Why did you let your foot off the accelerator? And then, so I was talking today, I told him what happened. He was like in shock, you know, because uh, it just was so much, out, it was so out of the blue, but he's like, well, maybe this is a, this is a good thing, man. Just, I was like, you know what? You're right. Cause I feel good about it. And it's crazy. You know, I'm losing about 75 grand a year, but I don't feel like that. Yeah. I'm going to be fucking out there and working something else. I know 
I mean, I can get shit done. I got, you know, three people, three or four or five people text me, a guest of mine and coworkers sending me information about private parties and all that shit. But nice. I need a break and just kind of reset, refocus and, you know, kind of get my bearings and see, just, you know, try just, you know, living like, you know, Every day is like you're hunting for the animal, you're hunting for the food, you know, you, you're going out there and stuff like that. And I'm kind of excited, man, because I was in a government job for 35 years. I had the Bennies, I had the security, but my life was dead. I was dead, you know? Yeah. And now, I mean, the, the bartending kind of part-time thing kind of made me feel alive, you know, because I'm a social person. But now with that kind of crutch, I think, kicked out from under me, I think I, I just feel like, all right, there's no net now, Steve. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I got a nice 401k, but I can't really touch it. It's time for you to just uh, you spread your wings a little bit and yeah, get out. I was out just there. gonna say that spread your wings, man. So, and, and I think that's a great yeah. topic. You know, how do you, how do you handle the curveball? So, Tobe, how do how do you how do you handle how do you handle the curveballs? Because I think one of the part of about the roundtable too is is being able to take like just like with the hiring process and stuff like that that David talked about. There's tools in there that we can utilize. We yeah. want to make sure that we're given tools as well. So what? How do you handle curveballs and kind of what? That's that's funny because that that ties right into the topic I was going to bring up. And how how do we push through the difficult things we face as men today? That was my topic. And you guys are a prime example, uh, all of you, for this. And I think it's really great. And the reason we're here at this place, all of us can work through this, is the work we put in. You know, you look back, you know, you got to be able to look back and see where you were a couple years ago. And you got to realize at that point, Steve, what you just went through today, how would you have handled that five years ago? You know, oh, I would. yeah, I can yeah. tell you how I would cuss some bitch out. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, yeah. I mean, I you was know, just, fuck you, you idiot. And, but I was like, yeah. today, like, okay, yeah, if that's how and, you want to run your restaurant. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and John, I mean, you just walking away from that, you knew you wouldn't have been able to do that four or five years ago. You would say, well, I'm just going to stick it out. You know, I'm going to, and that's the thing, but we become more aware. Um, and that's how we can deal with this. David, with the trials and tribulations you've been through with employment and being sick and everything else, you know, and, and it's so cool because everything that you guys go through, I can model my life on too. Um, you know, and I, what I usually work with, and this is kind of how I deal with things. Um, I was listening to a couple of podcasts today. And, you know, there is a lot of, of um, uh, you know, a lot of cancel culture out there, a lot of uh, uh, negative stuff out there. The news is throwing 24-7, is throwing bad stuff in our face. Um, I pretty much stopped watching the news like a year ago. I don't watch it at all anymore. I don't, it really doesn't bother me unless it's like in my face and something I really need to know about. I don't. And I tell you what, I'm a better person for it. Yeah. Uh, somebody hey, comes up to you that. and say, well, yeah, somebody comes up to you. Did you hear this? Did you hear that? No, I don't. It just just politely say, I, I don't. doesn't bother me. It doesn't affect me, you know, and I haven't seen that. You know, oh, yeah, okay. And usually I'm indifferent at, at that point because it doesn't affect me directly. So that has a lot of positive gain on, on it. Um, you know, and just being grateful, practicing gratitude. Um, Clay, that thing I put in the brotherhood today, I woke yeah. up and I just thought of that. I was like, look, I, before my heat, feet touched the floor, I'm like, thank you for giving me this day to be grateful yes. for, yes. you know, and, and it is like we say all the time, it is like a light switch. You know, when you, when you can do that, when you can look back on your history and your past and accept it and use that, 
and you, that switch comes on. It's like, uh, I can deal with anything, anything that comes up. Steve, like you got fired today. You're like, hey, I'll make it work. John, you're like, look, I'm going to wait till something better comes along. David, your struggle with, with unemployment. Even me, uh, like, like earlier this week, um, I had to find, I had to drive 460 miles a day to come down to Kentucky from upper Ohio, um, you know, like for another job tomorrow. It's like, hey, I wanted to go home, you know, tomorrow, you know, or today. But I'm like, look, whatever, you know, you just deal with it. Deal with what comes along because you know you have the tools in your toolbox. You've built the foundation to have the ability to work through stuff. You know, I've been through a lot worse in my life, you know, um, you know, in trials and, and different stuff. And it helps my outlook on life. It helps my outlook of my relationship and my marriage with my wife, my relationship with my children. And then, you know, that's kind of how the ripples come out for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I've done the work on myself. So the next ring out is my family. The next ring out is, you know, my brothers and my friends. And the next ring out is, you know, my, my employers and the people I work with and the customers I help every day, they get the same person. Everybody throughout all those rings gets the same person because I've simplified my life. I only need to be one person. And that's how I deal with all the difficult stuff, because it's almost like you're wearing a raincoat now and whatever bullshit flies. (laughs) It just, it just flies off. Yeah. So I don't know how you guys do it. Um, you're you're yeah. doing something because you know you're a great example. Um, everybody probably has a little bit different methods, yeah. but um, mine is gratitude. I'm grateful for what I have. I'm grateful for what I went through, even the hard times. Um, love it, so. love it, love it. John, John, you're up next, man. So so this is this got Steve's question and this got Toby's question. So how do you take on the curveballs in life? And Toby's was, and let me make sure I got how how do we push through those struggles in life? So, John, I mean, you, and and honestly, you know, we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast too. But you, 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 you had a pretty rough year. But man, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. But so, what are your tools that you utilize to help through that? Um, one, I would say, I mean, I have to concur with with Toby and definitely say gratitude. You know, what I mean, a hundred percent. Um, and then man, like Dave Meltzer and, and getting back to center faster, man, you know, just, uh, you know, realizing that it's okay to have reactions. It's okay to, you know, freak out. It's okay to have sad emotions and all of that shit. You know what I mean? That's all all right. But then get back to center. You know what I mean? And, 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 you know, the, what I found that the more times that you focus upon that and the more times you do it, the easier that it is, I mean, because it's easier to recognize, oh shit, I'm up here, I'm angry, I'm pissed off, I'm gonna smash this thing against a tree. Woo! All right, get back over here, do a little wusa, you know, rub the earlobe <laughs> and, and do some wusa, and you know, and 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 move on. You know what I mean? You gotta, and the more that you are aware of it, the more you're aware that you need to fix it, and you need to, you know, not let it freak you out as much. And you know, so that is that definitely, I think, has been a huge improvement that I've made in the last few years. You know what I mean? That, that has definitely helped me. And I'm, and I'm super grateful that I had that tool yeah. to go through this last year. You know what I mean? In the last couple of years, you know I mean? It, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a journey for sure. And, and yeah. those are definitely a couple of things that definitely I feel have, have helped propel me 
forward and through that. And then just, man, trying to always keep focus on always forward. You know what I mean? And four years ago, realizing like, dude, you're at the bottom of this shithole and it's time to get out. And so, you know, what I mean? like knowing that there's a lot of shit that I left behind and that I came out of that, you know, there ain't no reason to go back there. So just keep going forward. You know, that that is probably another factor that I feel has helped me tremendously to keep moving forward. Oh, yeah. David, how do you handle the curveballs and the struggles? You've had a you've had a lot of curveballs and struggles. And, yeah, uh, that's an understatement. It definitely is. One thing, one I, thing I want to say though before you, before you go though is is I I am and I know everybody here is super proud too of how you have handled especially the latest curveballs that, that that you have done and, and the things that you have stepped forward to to take action. I think that's one of the that's one of the things I wanted to say uh, about this is about is about taking action in the manner in which. It needs to be taken action. So I wanted to say that before. Thank you. Before before you you. Went. I appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, and I've changed tremendously, and 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 I I wouldn't have been able to handle the pressure three years ago that I've that I'm in that I've been through, especially as of recently. Um. So one thing, um, I I look at what the situation is and ask myself, do I need to own any of this? Mm. So. What I would say to Steve is, you know, it sounds like, like what you, what you went, what happened, like there was a, there was, there was plan. They were looking for the right thing to just, you know, to go. And, and because like he had an agenda, like the guy had an agenda that said, I, I, I say to you and could be rhetorical or not is, you know, is there anything that you could own from the situation that maybe you could have you wouldn't have done differently it's uh, not to say that you were wrong at all but you were making you made a joke and apparently it was offended somebody so is that something that you need to own or not and if the oh. answer is not then you know then fine you know that's that's great but when not just going back to me like that if i like I'll, I'll own my piece if there is a piece to own and that helps me shed off like well you know this is then, you know, I, I don't own this. And then it is about do action in it and putting, putting in, into action whatever I can to just continue, like what John says, moving forward, forward momentum, having forward momentum. But, um, you know, uh, it's, it's hard. Getting fired sucks. And especially if it, if it, if, even if it was so minor of a thing, and I know, I know you, Steve, and I just, uh, I'm asking, I sort of ask that question because I want, people potentially watching this like you know they're the way you've reacted to it and you were talking about it, you're just kind of tossing it off but it, it's it's got a sting too and um and you're a good person and you're and and you're a caring person and that was coming through when you're talking about the people that come to that would come to see you in the bar you had clients that would keep coming back because they like you and and that you were a draw they're not just there to have a drink, but they're there to socialize and interact with. And, and that was a part of what your job was. Um, so I just kind of wanted to throw that for people to know the deeper side to Steve. There's a little bit yeah. more there that you could give, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was something I thought about because, I mean, 
I, I the uh, I'm, I'm I have ADHD. I take Adderall, and I've been off it for about six days because the uh, actually they don't have any. Uh, they didn't have any supplies at the uh, my certain uh, pharmacy, but I got fired once before because I was off of it for two weeks, and I wasn't really um coming out this guy like I I was kind of like I lost my shit my last time it happened. But this guy was really pushing us. He had does have an agenda. And yeah, mm. I mean, I may have take, told, told the joke to the wrong person, a Karen or whatever you want to call her. But, you know, it is also I've told this joke to the owner and his wife and they just yucked it up. So to me, I knew I, I should watch myself. But with the feedback I was getting and especially with not having all those uh, things like other reports or anything coming at me, I, I just felt very I I. I felt comfortable. You know, you always, always got to check your, your, the people you're with to see what kind of people they are. And I had a good feel. I had a really good feel for a lot of people. I mean, I just got three messages. I keep reading messages from, 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 uh, I mean, people are pissed. It's funny because I feel great though. I mean, I feel like a burden has been lifted in a way because yeah. now I feel like I can really, I'm really free. And before I'd be panicking, but now I just feel like, you know what, this is a good thing. This will push me to grow and to get out there more and to really, you know, see what I'm made of. And uh, maybe this is what I needed to uh, push me into my coaching and uh, do my other things. So. And I, I think one of the things that, absolutely. Yeah. And I think one of the, one of the big things there is like, like what you did is in, and Toby talked about it, awareness, David talked about it, ownership. And we've talked about it a lot is that awareness allows us as men to take ownership of whatever it is that was during that. And sometimes you're like, Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. I had a little part of that. Or sometimes you're like, Ooh, man, I fucked up. And sometimes you're like, no, like I, I feel the actions that I took were the, but being aware and using the ARA sequence, assess, reflect, and adjust. You can look at that and be like, all right, well, assess it. Okay. Reflect on it. It was it right. It was it wrong. And, and then make adjustments where needed. And I think that's exactly what you did. I think, David, that's exactly what you're talking about when it's talking about taking that ownership and being able to be reflective allows us to be able to take own, own our shit, love our story, and then go live with purpose. You know, I think it's ultimately. So, mm -hmm. John, um, no, wait, I just, what did I text in there? Uh, John, oh, LA, LA just jumped in. LA, you, here's here's the topic, okay? We got, Steve and Toby had the same topic. Here's what it is. How do you handle the curveballs in life when they're thrown at you? Or how do you push through the struggle? So what's what's one tool that L.A. uses in order to handle the curveballs? Wow, man, that's a great question. Um, for me, you know, I, I do. A, I'm the kind of person that I allow things to kind of bounce off me and. I'm going to watch it. Right. So when you talk about like baseball, I, I'm not the I'm not the swing at the first pitch type of cat. You know what I'm saying? I'm a I'm the kind of person as I'm. A, let me see what the let me see what type of pitches you throwing here. Right. And then let me kind of measure it. And then, you know, so I, you could probably get me on the first strike. You see what I'm saying? And that's to me, that's not a big deal. I'm just one of those kind of players. So. You know, if you're if, if life is throwing me curveballs and things like that, I want to kind of measure it up. I want to kind of see what I got going on here, and then I'll take action from there. But I am a very observant uh, person, and so that's uh, that's how I'm gonna decide to handle that situation. I don't know if that helps or not. <laughs> I heard no, no, I heard the conversation that we were talking about. He was saying fire and get so I'm like, yo, man, fire getting fired would be awesome. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> 
And it's so crazy that he said what he said because that's how I feel like, you know, fire me because, listen, I know what I'm made of. I know what I'm capable of. I know what I bring to the table. So you just freed me up, right, to be able to do exactly. So, Steve, I'm so excited that you that you uh, are taking it that way. I don't even know what the situation was. I came in late. Yeah, man, I I got fired from my my bartending job because I. Uh, uh, one person, one lady didn't uh, like. I thought a joke I told her husband was inappropriate, and it's jokes I've told the the owner, his wife. You know, it's just um, we got a, a manager who's kind of a he's he's out, he's gunning for the bar. I think he just wants to revamp the bar and get new people in there. But I feel good, man. I mean, I feel I'm excited because I feel like maybe I've been using the bartending as a crutch. I mean, it's great money and all that, but that's, I need to. I need that's to part of the ownership that. too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that's a cool, that's where, again, use that ARP mm-hmm. sequence there, right on there. So I, I think it's, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm always edgy. I mean, I'm always, you know, I always push the, push the line. But like I said, you know, they didn't stop me. And I just got this, you know, just I think this guy was just looking for a way to get me out of there. So and now you're freed you know. up. Now you're freed and up. That, and, yeah. that took, and that breeds a toxic, toxic work environment. Mm-hmm. So there's also the flip side of it is like, okay, if you say that I don't own anything, like I, 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 or I own X, Y, yeah, Z uh, of it, but I don't own the whole thing, right? Like then there's also, well, what are you gaining out of it? Yes, the freedom of the freedom to pursue some of the stuff that is actually more meaningful and truer to your purpose. You are still helping people, but uh, there's a way that you can probably do it even more effectively and have a a, a larger impact. Yes. on on people's lives than you know you know doing it having conversations during drinks which can absolutely is totally legit but i think there's you have more to offer the world yeah I'm um, and so that. i i you know i think that that's that you know that's a really you know yeah. it's a really good thing um and yeah. um but yeah, you also yeah. were leaving you 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 got out of a toxic environment that could have become worse because yeah it, because if what you're describing i've seen before i've experienced before I mean, personally i've experienced it before and uh and in the end you would have been it, it would have become it would have been made so miserable that they were they would either make you miserable enough to quit or they wanted you to do something that they could get rid of you so yeah uh, yeah it, it, exactly either way did. either way yeah. as it's been going down this road you're probably better off than it <laughs> yes. happened this way you know yeah so i mean i'm yeah, I mean, I'm just looking back at like, okay, he was just looking for his opportunity. He got it. And, you know, it's funny. It is, I talk, I know, but John, hey John, it is fun, what it is. It is what it is, right? Right. What it is, baby. <laughs> I think we let's keep moving on. Uh, John, what's your topic, brother? All right. <clears throat> so, in a 90 second spiel from everyone, okay. How do you explain the brotherhood to people when you talk about it? Ooh, okay. Say you're say you're out. You're like, hey, I gotta go. I gotta go for my brotherhood meeting, and they kind of look at you and go, "What?" Which- <laughs> All right, John, you say who, who goes first on that? Um, L.A. <laughs> oh, I gotta go first. Wow. Okay. <laughs> look, you were late. You were late. You're being punished. <laughs> you get the red dot. Now. You got the red dot. You I love it. <laughs> I love it. 
So the Brotherhood is a place where I go to uh, hang out with like-minded individuals, even though we might be different in uh, certain ways, shapes, and forms and things. Uh, man, we, we talk about purpose. We talk about the things that really matter in life. And so, listen, if you're the kind of person that's, you know, tired of the nonsense, tired of the bullshit, tired of, you know, just being the, the all the fakeness, right? If you're, if you're not looking for that kind of stuff, if you're looking for a place where you can have uh, real in-depth conversations that will make a difference in your life, then man, I'm telling you, the brotherhood is the place to be. I mean, I got, uh, I can tell you about some of the cool people, man. First of all, Clay, uh, he's one of the leaders there, man. He's absolutely awesome. Uh, invited us out to his house, man. You know what I'm saying? Had some good food, hung out with the wife and kids. It was cool. You got Steve, man, super gnarly dude, man. Just kind of, I mean, he's just, he's just the kind of guy you want to have as a friend, right? Because he's going to go to bat for you. Um, he is going to uh, cuss you out if you need to, man, but then also, like, you know, say something nice to you when you need to hear that, too. You got somebody like Toby, man, who's just, I mean, just a just a cool guy, man, just a super useful type of individual, man. It's always good to have a brother that you can depend on for something, and to Toby's totally dependable. So I could go on and on and on about everyone here. I mean, from David, uh, you know, really putting me in a situation where, I wasn't going to get the uh, the COVID shot, but then, you know, based on his advice, I went ahead and, you know what I mean, knocked that bad boy out, right? So, literally, I'm telling you, these are relationships that have uh, molded my life in an amazing manner. And I promise you, uh, if you're looking to upgrade your life at all, you want to come to the Brotherhood. Yeah. L uh, LA, pick somebody who's next. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. I got to go. Let me go to the participants real quick. And I'm going to say, I'm going to pick. Oh, wow. I didn't even know Toby was on. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know. All right, I'm going to pick Toby, though. Toby, you're hey, right. uh, I appreciate the kind words, LA, um, for sure. And, and a lot of the same reasons, but um, the Brotherhood is my weekly whiteboard where I can throw my ideas up, you guys throw your ideas up and we just see what sticks. Um, it's a place, I hate to say safe place, but it is, you know, um, you know, I just, it is a safe place that, that, you know, I, I know that I'll be called out and I'll be held accountable, you know, if, if, you know, it's BS, you know, and, uh, you know, like Clay, like you said, you, you know, you need it, but, you know, uh, you need it. So one of the reasons that, uh, David, why I hate to say safe place, I don't know. It's just, it's, I don't it's know, probably negative. just because it's, ne it's, it's kind of has, it shouldn't, but it has a negative connotation nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as men, you know, we are the ones that are supposed to head into danger and, and you know, take care of difficult things. And we do. Um, but I'm, I'm growing, you know, and I'm, I, I don't, now that you say that, I think about it a little differently. See, that was a knee jerk reaction, but it's a safe place to make changes. You know, here's a place where I can go in almost like the phone booth that Superman changes his clothes. Yeah, yeah. in. you know, I, I can go in there and I can change my mind and I, I can do a 360 or a 180 or a 90 or whatever on a, a view or a topic from the input from you guys. And I know I can come out the other side. I won't be judged. I won't be thought negative of, you know, and, and I can actually use that to work on myself. So, you know, it's almost like you need it, you know, and it's not, not a bad thing. Um, you know, it's, it's another tool in my toolbox where if, if I get an idea during the week, 
sometimes I can't wait to come on and, and bring it up because I, I know that you guys will, you know, view it honestly, give me an honest opinion, and I'm not going to just get an echo chamber back from what I want to hear. I'm going to hear what I need to hear. So, um, you know, I, I, in fact, real quick, I, last week when I, when, uh, when I met Jeremy uh, Dion on the plane at Marine, um, you know, I basically, I gave him the spiel and he's like, yeah, he says, I really need this in my life right now. Um, you know, and he's going to work on sitting in sometime and just like we said before, when you're in a good place and you know, a good thing, um, you know, you want to share it. And that's yeah. the, that's where I was when we were waiting for his bag at, at, uh, at, uh, uh, the airport the other week. Um, I just was telling him about, Hey, you got to come check this out. What do you have to lose? I mean, this is what we do. You know, this is how we can help you come check it out and see if it's for you. Like clay, your post today, we're not going to tell you who to be, you know, we don't have to. And that's why we're different. Uh, and I think that's attractive to a lot of men because there's so much other stuff out there that puts you in a mold and tells you who to be and how to act. And we're different in that way. And I think we can do more good that way. Absolutely. Um, so. Who's next, Toby? You pick. Uh, I want John Doe. The Doe Meister. Yeah. Rama, the donator. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. You know, and I'll tell you what, it's kind of funny because I think that sometimes when I when I say I got this brotherhood group, I think a lot of people kind of look at me like, hmm, like, yeah. does he mean by such a thing? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and, uh, you know, no apologies. Because, no like, apologies. Because my, my neck is not only red from the sun, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm redneck through and through. So, you know, I think they kind of wonder sometimes, but you know, then I'm have that opportunity to be like, man, I'll tell you what, it is the greatest group of men that I've ever been associated with that I can go and take anything to. And, and I have, I mean, I have, I've talked about things with, you know, my, my dad dying, my son being in trouble with the law, my wife dying, you know what I mean? And I've brought some shit, you know what I mean? And, and I've appreciated every one of you for helping me through it tremendously. You know, and and I'm super grateful to have been here to help all of you go through the the things that we've all went through, you know, what I mean, and to see the transformation in all of us in this year, two year time span has been freaking awesome, you know, and that it I'm super grateful for this group. And, and it's one that I will always be happy to spread the, the the goodness about you know for sure 100 who's next John? david your turn david <laughs> uh so uh for me it's a it's it's a my weekly touch point um uh, with reality and that is the reality is is that every single person that i am interacting with within this group is different and unique and special and important to me um but it, they are not the same this group is not about uh conforming conforming it is not about trying to uh trying to find people that have the same values that have the same backgrounds that have like that's that's actually a, a, is, it, to me is a detriment i want somebody that's different and there are people on this on this group right now that are completely different from me, coming from different values, different different upbringing, and um, and that it 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 reminds me because I love each and every one of these guys on here 
for all different reasons uh, that it is okay to have a different thoughts and different opinions to have different uh, different purposes. Um, but overall, like we gain understanding with each other and of, of each other and that's without persuasion. Yeah. And, and that is a, of course, um, the, the guys here all know that and that my, the group I'm kicking off this Sunday, uh, the unvoiced man is all about teaching men how to communicate without, uh, and to come to understanding without, um, without persuasion. And so this, as I said, my touch point that it's, it's a reminder. Every single time I sit in this group, it's a reminder that I have people by my side that are not like me and mm. that do come from all walks of life, all different backgrounds. John, you might have, might have the reddest neck on there, but you're <laughs> one of the, one of the most, you know, down to earth, um, forward thinking, uh, individuals that I, I, you know, you're always like, okay, just pick up your bootstraps and let's go. And Steve, you're the let's same go. way too, in, in a lot of ways, but you're also, um, I can relate to you because of having the ADHD. Like, I, I mean, like the brain is, is way ahead and you're, you know, you're going a million miles a second. Um, and Toby is like this, Toby's like my Buddha, like, this <laughs> is like my, my Zen, like he always makes me think, uh, think and be a lot more introspective. And Clay, I, I always like, like look at you um from the being so active out especially outside and how active you are and you know, like baseball and you know bringing in uh aside like you know sports that i'm i was never really into sports growing up and so you bring all these different dynamics into my life and you know la as well um just coming from your own backgrounds um it, it just it it makes me a better person and that reminds me every week that i sign in with you guys that I have you to to thank for that and uh yeah it's beautiful I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for a million for a million bucks I agree Steve maybe three maybe three million okay <laughs> <laughs> every person has their price oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I just I gotta to say Steve, one please. thing um <laughs> I gotta apologize I haven't been a good brother. I've taken advantage of, of y'all by not participating more. And sometimes it was work and sometimes it was just being selfish. But you guys are fucking, fucking for real. And, you know, I always tell guys that you start doing like your habits and doing all that stuff, like the little snowballs become big snowballs. They become avalanches. And Clay, I got to tell you, dude, I, I admire you so much because you're Thank fucking... You a machine every day you're fucking hitting it and i just i i i've like have not appreciated that and i love i love it and i mean toby man i we never really started talking until recently I, you know as on on the uh, calls and dude you're fucking you got a lot of shit going on man it's, it's like a lot of good wisdom and, and john doe you know you goofball you're just like me i think you know just <laughs> I think we're in that way, and, and goddamn smooth talking LA, you know that some bitch can talk. You know he can sell me fucking ice, you know. And and David, David, you are dude, you're a ballsy motherfucker, okay? Because you come in with a group of guys who are mostly heterosexual, 
and you are unafraid to you know say who you are and what you are about and and it's ballsy man because you know that takes a lot a lot of guts um you know my i told you one of my sons is gay and i do appreciate what you bring to this this group as well but i appreciate all you I, i've been very unappreciative and haven't really quite realized what a gold mine of people i'm dealing with right now and i just want to apologize because you know i've been uh you know i guess i've been an absentee father or whatever you know i'm the old man here so i can say that but i do appreciate <laughs> we love you anyways and we'll, we'll yeah. accept you yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll love the hell apology. out of you, Steve. Yeah, we, you don't we need to take me back. We'll, we'll accept it. You know, yeah, we'll hey, accept we'll it because you said it. But yeah, no, it, <laughs> I'm gonna, stop it. I'm, I'm having a moment right now. Please stop. Okay. <laughs> no, no. And, and, and listen, man, we we uh, I agree too, yeah. man. The brotherhood is something that I, I always say. Like, I lead it, but I need it. You know, and there's so many times where. You know, things that I either knew were going on with myself and I was aware of it or I wasn't aware of it that have come up and it's changed my perspective. And I think one of the things that is important is that we're always becoming more aware of ourselves. And every single week that we get on together, it's I become more aware of myself. And when I become more aware of myself, I'm able to help help you guys more. I'm able to help the world more and each and every one of us, just the growth that every single one of you on here and all the other brothers um, is it's incredible, you know, and, and just as you guys were talking, man, I'm like, I'm getting teary out here. I mean, you can't see it, my ball cap on, but like, just, just those words and, and to, to, to hear those things. I mean, fuck, I don't, I can't, there's no words to describe how appreciate how much I love you guys. And I don't think there's, you know, like, like just like each week we get off and we're done and, and we sign off with each other here by saying, I love you guys, you know, and, and like, what group of men do you know that can sit there and say that to them confidently? Like, I love every and, single, and and mean it. It. Yeah. I love every single mm -hmm. one of you because each one of you have brought something like David said, different to my life that I never would have had. And uh, I am, I am just, I, I love seeing your guys' growth. I'm so excited for each and every one of you to continue because you guys, I'm looking at you guys when you come in and then now, and you guys are overflowing your cups. Your cups are overflowing. You're, you're putting that ripple in time, in space, and, and it's amazing. It's going to last years, you know, past when we're gone. And, and I just, I keep thinking about the those hundred men that are going to be with us and how many ripples that's going to create how much good it's going to do in in a time in the world and society where we need it and we're one of the groups the we're, we're the group that's going to do that you know and and i'm just uh, i just i appreciate the fuck out of you guys and man why wouldn't why wouldn't you want to be part of something like that you know just mm -hmm. give it a right. shot yeah, uh, yeah. totally and i mean it's so i mean it's like Cause I, you know, sometimes I tell guys, you know, cause I'm promoting myself. I'm like, guys, I ain't no fucking Kung Fu expert. I ain't no special operations guy. I'm an average motherfucker. Okay. And I just, I've buckled down to do these habits every time, every each week, trying to improve myself. And you're not, you know, when you get to a certain age, it's not over. You know, yep. like I said before, it, it ain't over till they're patting you on the face with a shovel. <laughs> and you can rebound, you can get back. And I mean, I mean, it's just, it's a great, I mean, it's a great thing I can come out and I speak to y'all and y'all, you, know, you you put up with me and I come back and forth, back and forth. But 
I really do appreciate it, man. And and I do uh, I do respect the hell out of all of you. And uh, I'm just thankful I'm here. Uh, gratitude, right? Absolutely. I'm thankful, yeah, man. Absolutely. Well, grateful you're here too, Steve. Hell yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank LA. You. And now and now you don't have work as an excuse. <laughs> yeah, got it. Got it. I'm <laughs> here Tuesday and Wednesday. Y'all nice. get sick of me. You keep me real and you bring yourself to the Hell table. Yeah. And that's, that's important. Yeah. Unapologetic. No apologies for being you. LA, yeah. what's your what's your topic? All right, so real quick, I, I had a couple of topics in, in mind. One of them uh is kind of like interesting. I'm gonna just I'm gonna use the one that I wasn't gonna use, right? So here's the thing. So I've been watching the Phillies and all kind of stuff like that, and I'm just everybody always talk about the picture, the picture, the picture, the picture, the picture. And I think that's awesome, but I just feel like catchers don't get enough credit. Because yes. don't they tell and I, not, I actually thought about it after the fact. I'm like, I think Clay is a catcher. I'm like, but yes. uh-huh. I think they don't get enough credit because they're the ones who tell in the picture, hey, pitch this pitch, pitch that pitch, and they be like, Oh, he's mixing up his pitches so well um maybe that's closer to catcher so i want to kind of get y'all feedback on listen listen i'm going to hammer on this one listen the and this is why i took because i was recruited for pitching and catching i chose catching because you control the field that's what people are like the catcher controls every single thing he is the only player that sees the whole entire field yep from the advantage point of the other team Uh uh-huh and there we control we control like, so if a pitcher's doing, like, I control. If you're not pitching the pitches I want and you're not doing the things that I need you to do, I'm walking my ass out to the mound saying, listen, you need to throw that fucking ball in a strike zone or get it close so I can get you a strike. If not, you need to get the fuck off his mound. You know, that's <laughs> where, that's where, I mean, I've had that conversation a lot of times with it, if you can tell. Uh, but, like, yes, absolutely, 100%. The pitcher is important because they're the one that are throwing the ball, but the control agent on the field is the catcher. The catcher runs the show and uh so how and come people don't realize that you see what i'm saying it's kind of like one of those it, things it's, of the world. it's just like the batters who what batter do they want to see they want to see the home run hitter they don't care about the base hitter whose on base percentage is 98 percent. they care mm. about the guy who hits home runs whose on base percentage is 52 percent. you're like okay 52 percent of the time you're getting on base dude i'm taking the guy who's getting on the base 98 percent of the time all the time every time they don't talk about base hitters they talk about all oh, the home run yeah. hitter you know they talk about all of that stuff the big play thing because it's what it's what they see but look how that correlates to the world though exactly right you don't the people that are really in charge you don't even know yeah it's the guys in the trenches when you look at the pitchers on the mound you're going to see him he's in an elevated platform the catcher is leaning down kneeling down two feet lower than everybody else in the field you don't see him he's in front of the ump and behind the plate you know he's hidden but the thing is like you said la it's the guys in the trenches, the people that really doing the real work that that actually makes all this happen. And the more, the sooner you recognize that and see the big picture, the the more you understand the stuff like. And that. I'll, I'll so. tell you that the catcher's number, one of the catcher's top missions during a game, is to create a great relationship with the umpire. That was my ticket, mm-hmm. man. I that umpire. I don't give a shit what I thought about you. You were my best friend. Influence. The whole game. The best friend. Yo, I was like, it's a deeper topic than I thought. <laughs> was, that was my best friend. Yeah, I call pitches. I get pitches from the pitching coach. He sends me in. I send them out. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah cool. I control what's going on here and there and stuff like that. I give the signals, all that. But that dude behind me, that's the dude who made the decisions. 
I needed to be best friends with that guy. And that's, that's, that's what I was. Hey, how you doing? Good. Good to see you. Glad you're here today. Like all that kind of stuff, you know, just making sure my pitcher got pissed off. I walked out to the mound and said, you say one more motherfucking thing to that umpire. I'm going to come out here and kick you in the dick. Like things like that. <laughs> like those are conversations I had because you're pissing or you're, you're fucking up my relationship with that guy. You shut up, throw a pitch where he's going to call it. I'll get you the strike. So you do your job and shut up and, or get off my damn mat. Like, so anyways, that, that, <laughs> these are great conversations, man. I love it. David, what do you that's, think about it? That's great. Insight, so, you know, you could be talking, you, you could be fucking talking about badminton for all I care about <laughs> sports, right? Um, no. um, but you know what? It's so interesting that my first thought when, when Clay, when you were saying, you know, that as a, as a, they have the perspective, the whole, you know, the whole field and they're in control, the next, the next thing that came to my mind was the military. It's like when like people don't understand what our military people out there go through mm. and what they are seeing of the world. We have our rights and our freedoms because somebody else is on the fucking line for us and that they are seeing all that shit and they're experiencing all that and they do it mostly with, without any words or gripes or anything like that. And, uh, so, you know, I, I don't, I, I realize it's kind of going off the topic oh. of baseball itself, but the idea of, of what matters is the people that see more that have their eyes open, that can see the bigger picture yes. are the people that have more, uh, that actually have more influence, yeah. which is, you know, one of the reasons why I think it's a shame how our military is treated yeah. um, as, you know, grunts as you know these are people that couldn't make it in corporate they couldn't make it in this they couldn't uh, no nah, these are people that are putting their lives forward yes um and, and they're putting themselves on the line and they are seeing the bigger picture yeah and good bad or indifferent they're seeing more than we than we are so that i don't was. know that's that's my take yeah, on, no, my take on it. it it brought that me deeper than I thought. yeah i love it yeah, i love it totally we, LA. the brotherhood supports every <laughs> military person every branch everywhere because we can live how we live because of them so and throughout history absolutely john, absolutely. john the, what are you even the coast guard no i agree i uh actually you know some of my favorite baseball players of all time were the catchers you know what i mean johnny bench freaking tony pena freaking rodriguez Trump. Yeah, I mean, those are those are the guys that, yeah, they were always my favorites, but, yeah. you know, and yeah, I mean, catchers, dude, they're, they're, like you said, they're running that, they're, they're touching that ball almost every play of the game, you know what I mean? Like, they're constantly right there the whole time, you know, and uh, yeah, definitely uh, probably easily overlooked because, like you said, they're back there, they're they're just doing their thing. You know what I mean? They are locked in, covered up, you know, but they're very crucial. So oh, yeah. Agreed. I love catching. Me I too. always play catch bowling too. So I'm it's the probably. dirty position. You come out of there dirty <laughs> and bloody. I love it. Yeah. Steve, what's your take, brother? Yeah. If, I mean, you didn't, if you didn't come out dirty and bloody, you didn't play hard enough. Sorry. Yeah. Throw that in there. But any of them grunts, man, that's what they do. And, uh, I like how you said about, you know, the relationship with the umpire and your, your decision maker, man. I mean, 
God damn, man. I, I never even thought of that. And that's that's uh that's amazing that, that you have to you're directing and you're checking with the picture, and then you got this guy right behind you, you know, fucking leaning on you, probably resting on your ass. Oh, yeah. You know? And you gotta be, hey man, what's up, brother? Yeah, how's the wife? How's the kids? All that yeah. shit. That that you know, I never even uh, thought of that, but oh, I yeah. think you that guy, the uh the influencer who uh can control help get control of the game that's uh, and doing it kind of in a uh without like like la says without you even knowing i mean it's all about the pitcher and it's like it's like the quarterback it's all about the quarterback but no it's the center it's the front line you know it's Mm -hmm. you know the blockers the receivers making the catch you know you gotta throw the ball but you know then receivers gotta catch it so um, I think it's like the unspoken hero, like like the the Marines or the the infantrymen, the unspoken heroes that really um, do, uh, like you say, hold things together and, and get things done. I don't know, man. It's just uh, just a new subject that really yeah. that kind of blows my mind. Great. Great. It's Would you think, uh, damn, uh, a, con- a conversation about a catcher would bring out this deep shit? You know? uh-huh. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. That's, See, that's why you got to trust your heart. You got to trust your gut. Because I was so wanting to change my thought. I was like, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I do. I do. No, that's, yeah, I, thought, I think it was great. Yeah, Because it is. It's a different perspective. And this is the thing about the brotherhood, too. Is that, And even the roundtable is like, this gets so many different perspectives. And that's that's where all of these different things, like, if you wouldn't have brought that topic up, we never would have thought about that. And when we think about that, like, again, the most important thing that I was doing on the field was building that relationship with the umpire because he's the one who made the decisions. Like it didn't matter what our pitcher thought the strike zone was. It didn't matter what I thought the strike zone was. It mattered what he thought the strike zone was. So as a catcher or a pitcher or a batter, like it doesn't matter. I can think it's a ball all day long or a strike all day long, but it doesn't give a shit because he's the one making the calls. And that's where that, that relationship and being able to do that and control those fields. It's all of the things that are there and all of the unknowns that are there too, is that when we have these discussions, those things come out. And I think, and, just, and if, if there's a, an umpire who I didn't like, or didn't make bad calls, he got this, the pitcher got this signal, which is a middle finger straight down, which means he threw one that was right over my shoulder. And I just was like, and I missed it. And it goes right over top of my shoulder and pegs the umpire right in the mask. Or, <laughs> It was the one between the legs that I scooted up and I didn't block it right. And I had to time it right. Cause if not, I'm getting hit, hit the balls with a ball where you block it and I jump, I, I jump in front of the ball and it goes underneath of me and then it pops up and hits the umpire right in the ball in the, in his cup. So <laughs> there's some different tricks we got. So, you know, but that was the, that was the middle finger down pitch. That was, that's what was coming. So um, you get all the secrets on the uh, purpose of yeah. brotherhood yeah, podcast. Yeah, you know, so. Oh yeah. Now, if you're a catcher and you're listening to this in your high school and college, don't, you know, don't do that because it's yeah, just just say, that don't, don't say I told you about it. So, uh, you know, you probably already know about it anyway. But uh, my topic, one thing, we'll do it real quick. Um, I, it's a big one. Uh, it's on my heart because I got to go back tomorrow. What is one thing that you would change about our educational system in the U.S.? What's one thing real quick? We'll end it on that. Because uh, I know we're time here, but man, we had some great fucking discussions. Teach about money. Teach about money. How money works. And not because they'll tell you what well, we do. No, 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 no. No, you don't. You no, teach about no. how do you Real balance life. a checkbook. Like <laughs> <laughs> you got you go to your computer. Let's talk about how does money actually work. I love it. Mm-hmm. John, what's you? One thing you would 
change about education? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I, 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 life skills, man. You know, uh, life skills. People need them. They, you know, I mean, there's a lot of kids that just don't know what in the hell is going on these days. You know what I mean? And and you talk to these kids, and they're like, "Well, shit, that'd been something that would have been useful to learn." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, even operating a freaking phone system. You know what I mean? Or whatever. I mean, just simple life skills. I mean, there's a lot of kids that are absolutely clueless. You know, yes. think that that is one that they need to improve upon a hundred percent agree toby um i agree with the life skills but one big thing i would bring back is um arts and trade uh trade training um basically you know bring shop class back bring art class back um because creativity builds so much on your life um you know these kids that are just in this tunnel learn learning uh, no offense, but just math and English and academics, you know, bring the creativity. No, 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 I know. But I mean, some people say, well, that, well, another thing too is, is don't push college all the time. These people that go into the arts in college and they have these, these six figure college bills, you know, and then they, they take the rest of their life to pay it off, push trades, you know, and, and promote trades, you know, show people what they can do when they get out, how much money they can make out. At 19, I was making uh, more than, than people that have been out of school uh, for 10 years and they still had student loans. You know, I bought my first house at 19, you know, because I was in the trades. I was making good money right out of school. Um, so, yeah, just promote creativity, bring the arts and shop classes back. Um, music is another one that we should not be cut. You know, um, it, it just, you know, create, promote creativity, promote the trades. So. Steve, this is a softball, man. Make every teacher read Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> every teacher would be like, what the fuck are we doing? Fucking solve Correct. right there. That is and also teach kids about salesmanship because everybody's got to go out there and they got to sell themselves. Yep. Salesmanship. That should be a class. Yeah. yeah great. I mean, and, and, that was, you know, just putting the bartender thing out there. A lot of people, I thought bartenders are fucking order takers. They don't, they don't promote any rapport with the guest. That's why I think I was so popular because I, I fucking enjoyed being with people. Yep. I was just saying, yeah. okay, what do you like today? This is our drinks. This is our meals. Bam. <laughs> fucking make, have rapport with people. Yeah. Communicate. Yeah. Have fun. Yes. You know life skill like like Tom said life skills man yep. i mean music yeah definitely music other trade schools fuck yeah dude that's real life and that's creativity that's interaction and that gets kids who want to do that more interested in doing it i mean life is an experiment right you got to figure out where you are strong at what you like yep. to do uh, the arts yeah i mean that's that's so I'm focusing key, but... on the weakness. Focus on your strengths. Yeah. LA, did, did, did I? Did we get you, LA? Yeah, remember I said about the. I talked about the money, but it's oh, it really about how to think. I mean, all of that yeah. good stuff. Y'all know. Y'all know. I'm outwitting the devil, guy. So, yeah. all about. Yes. It. Every teacher outwitting that should be a curriculum thing. My thing for education, being an educator for 19 years so far, um, I would say, and if we ask any of us here, the, the reason why we're here at the Brotherhood, and we come each week 
is because we find it valuable and useful. We have to teach our kids because we have the internet, we have all this stuff. We have to teach things to our kids that are both valuable and usable for them. If it's yep. not valuable and usable for them, we should not be teaching it to them because we're wasting their time. So yep. that's, um, that's my two cents for it. I'm pretty sure I'm probably going to end up saying it tomorrow at some point in time and 50,000 more times this year. But um, thank you guys for the second round table. This was awesome. So many different things. Didn't know where it was going. That's the beauty about the round table. I love every one single last, one. One last pop in, Clay. Go. I talked to Trevor the other day and he, he really brought it up to me and he really made me think about it was, and something that the school system I know is so lacking on is that they aren't realizing how fast the information flows these days. You know what I mean? And like that the kids, like they're still teaching kids the stuff that they were teaching them in 1948 and we're at 2022 technology. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like yeah. it's not the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? That shit is gone. Like it, it's, you know, they're, they're right. not anywhere near that. And that's Valuable, something that was usable. I always say it yeah. this way. The educational system in the U S is like the dial up system. We're in a yeah. high-speed internet world. We're fucking running on dial-up. You, you know why? Because it's a governmental bureaucracy that runs the schools. Yeah, right. And yeah. they are, just like any governmental bureaucracy, they're a system that is 20 years behind yeah. the actual technology and times. Follow the leader. Follow the leader. All that kind yeah. of – put everybody in square – no, 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 man. And this is what we celebrate here in the Brotherhood. Every single person is different. None of us are the same. That is the fucking beautifulest thing that we have about the brotherhood is everybody's different. We get different perspectives, we get different thoughts. We get different conversations. And that's what I love. That's what makes us different. And this is the second round table. So we'll come back for the next round table next month. Right at you. Love you guys. Have a kick ass week. Absolutely. There we go. Ellie's got it. All right. All see right, you guys. guys. Love you. Awesome. Peace. See ya.